Hey everyone, this is Sheila. I am in the Lone Star State right now with my bestie, my, also my co-author of an amazing book, and if you don't have it, you better order it, like now. <laughs> I'm serious. Power Prayers Warfare That Works, and listen, I've got a real treat for you, because I am visiting my dear friend, and we've been looking at the news headlines all day, and stuff on TV, stuff on the internet, and it is to me, this is my opinion, there's a spirit of hysteria and insanity out there with the people. Even God's people are getting in fear. A lot of cities on lockdown. We see all sorts of crazy stuff going on with food flying off shelves and people can't get as, you know, toilet paper, hand sanitizer. So many people, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? My parents are stuck here. We don't know what to do. We can't travel. We're kind of on lockdown. But you know what, guys? This is really a time that we ought to be praying and standing in agreement in faith, right? I'm going to get Carla to say a few words here before I play a teaching that is going to bless you so much that she did in July of 2011 at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. And what I did is I pulled that teaching off the archive and I adjusted the sound a little bit. The sound isn't what you're used to, but listen, you're going to be blessed by this show because it's so timely. The warfare between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light is intensifying and you're going to start seeing things that you've never seen before and hearing things that you've never heard before. Well, guess what? That's right now. Carl, I want you to say a few words before we jump into this incredible teaching. So here's a few words from Carla, and then we're going to just jump right into the program. Okay. Uh, this teaching was done a long time ago, and now in the face of everything that's happening, I realized that that was a word way before its time, but it is now needed for the body of Christ to hear. It's called, Who Do You Judge God to Be? Because the scripture is, judgment must begin at the house of God. Now, as I've heard that taught before, preached before, it's like the judgment that God is going to do is going to start in the body of Christ. But that's not the way he showed it to me. He showed it to me in this respect, that the way we behave in the time of pressure, fear, things like right now, the way we behave is going to be a judgment to the world, showing them who we judge God to be. Either we're going to be the body of Christ, believing that the word of God is true. The way we behave is going to show the world whether we really believe God to be who he says he is or not. If we behave the same way the world behaves, then how does that make us any different than the world? And so this teaching is going to hopefully encourage you and help you to stand up and be the body of Christ and not act like the world. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus came. He showed us how to operate in the kingdom of God. He multiplied food. He walked through the enemies and they didn't even touch him. These are kingdom principles that he showed us. And there is going to be a demand put on us as Jesus walking around in us. I mean, after all, he is in us. So I think it's time that we be who we say we are. So just have a listen, and I hope this will be an encouragement to you, and that the fear can go. We are not people of fear. He has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. So have a listen. Love you guys. Peace be to you in Jesus' name. Here we go. The Lord is never caught without something to say. He has much, much, much to say. 
to all of us. I love the song, Change My Heart, O God, Make It Ever True, Change My Heart, O God, May I Be Like You. That could have been the theme song for what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to start with 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. I'm not going to read that whole chapter. It speaks for itself. It says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. So, uh, not very long ago I was pondering on this scripture and the Lord showed me something about the judgment. Not so much his judgment toward the church, but it begins, judgment begins at the house of God and how we judge God. How are we judging God? Uh, the word judgment means a decision, plain and simple. You make a decision when you make a judgment for something. It's for or against. Webster says to decide as a judge. So as we read God's word and hear God's word and meditate on God's word, what we do with that word determines how we have judged that word. That was a very serious thing to me. So what do I mean by that? As time progresses and the pressure is upon us, and believe me, the pressure is upon us, and we are going to see more pressure. This is not a doom and gloom message. This is going to be an uplifting, encouraging, exhorting message because of who we are. So our behavior or our response to the word will reveal to the world who we are supposed to be a witness to if we really believe God is who he says he is and if his word is true. Have we made a decision that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do? I made that decision very early in my walk with God because he challenged me with something. And I, I liked what I read in the Word, and I, I stopped, and out loud I said, Wow, wouldn't that be wonderful if that's the way it really was? And God said, What do you mean? If this is my Word, and you're either going to believe it or you're not. And you can't believe that scripture over there that you like so much and not believe this one too. Now that was a challenge. I mean, he put me on the spot. I had a decision to make. I had to judge what I had just read. And so a little tiny, newborn again baby Christian, I said, okay, Lord, if your word says it, I will believe it. And not only will I believe it, but I will do it. Because see, the first book of the Bible I read when I was saved was James. See, I didn't get saved in the church, so I had nobody to tell me, you should read the book of John. God directed me where he wanted me to start. James was a little book. I didn't like to read, actually. So, see, God knows us. I made that decision. And I really haven't given that a whole lot of thought, although I question, why is it that I am the way I am? And he has kind of let me know it's because you made a decision to believe. And to do. We can't get past that doing. Look at James chapter 3, since we brought James up. This is going to be our how we judge God and his word. Judgment must begin at the house of God. We are the house of God. So the judgment of God begins with us and works outward. Okay, so look at 3, 17 through 20. 
Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God, thou dost well. The demons also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Now what kind of, what kind of works is he talking about? He's, he's not talking about, this is part of it, but this is not what he's talking about right here. Going and fixing your neighbor's screen door, or uh, helping somebody fix their flat. These are not the works he's talking about. Once you come into Jesus Christ, you, you will do those things automatically. You don't have to do that to prove who you are. You do it because of who you are and because whose you are. Okay, so what we're going to begin to see is a judgment beginning at the house of God that when these times of pressure come, our response to that is going to let people know what we really believe. Because when pressure comes, if we crumble, if we fall apart, if we hide in fear, if we have a nervous breakdown, if we have a heart attack, if we all these things that can happen when sudden pressure comes, that's going to be a witness to the world. That's when your faith is called for a working, working your faith. And we are entering those days. You know, we, we've been kind of on a, a, a flotation, like a float. When you go to the lake, you blow up that thing and you lay on it and you just float and it's wonderful and there's no cares. And the church has really been in that for a long time. But it's time to wake up. The time is now like no other time before. You can take comfort in this. Every single thing that is happening in our world right now is happening right on schedule. Right on schedule. This book, the Word of God, from the end to the beginning, it is written that these times will come. So it's no shock when these things start happening. Can you believe it? Well, a lot. Yes. Have you read the book? It's all in there. Every bit. Maybe not to the specific circumstance, but it's all in there. And that's the time that we are living in. Because as it is written, so shall it be. We're not going to change what God has said. We're living in the greatest of times. Do y'all believe that? Part of that is because the things that we have been reading for years and years, we are now seeing. That's a great time to be living. Why? Because it is our time to shine. The children of light, it is time to shine. Let your light so shine. Look at 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 1. Now the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. I can stop right there. We're in those days. We are in those days. Now, that word expressly, I'll, I'll just read the definition into it the way I, this is like Carla's amplified version of the scripture. <laughs> now, this, the Holy Spirit speaks outspokenly and distinctly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, the belief in God, the belief in Jesus, the belief in his word, giving heed, give, paying attention to and applying oneself to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, when I look at that scripture, I mean, I did a teaching on seducing spirits some years ago here, if you want to hear it, 
And this is what God showed me about seducing spirits. It's not departing from the faith that will cause you to give heed to seducing spirits. It's not departing from the faith that will cause you to give heed to seducing spirits. But rather, giving heed to seducing spirits will cause you to depart from the faith and follow after those seducing spirits. We have lying signs and wonders that are flooding into the church and doctrines of demons flooding in, making themselves comfortable behind the pulpits of churches and even in the pews. And that is something that we, as God's children, need to really pray for keen discernment because of these times. Judgments are being executed. Judgments of God's word. Well, no, not exactly. We're just going to we're just going to put this doctrine in there. It's not what the Word says, but they'll put it in there. And if we're sitting and listening and eating what they are feeding, and we do not know the Word of God for ourselves, we can be easily sucked into these things. God doesn't want that for us. We know what God says in His Word. But the same is being done in the church today as Adam and Eve did when the serpent came and said, is that really what God said? And they made a judgment. Well, maybe God didn't actually mean that. And the rest is history. We're here today because of that decision and that judgment that they judged God and his word when that seducing spirit came to them. So we must judge everything we hear or compare what we hear to the word of God. And if it deviates from that, from what God says, we must cast our vote for God and for God's word. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that is, exalts itself against the knowledge or the truth of God and his word. So if we don't know the truth of God's word and adhere to it, we will believe the lies of the devil and the world. Truth is not based on uh, popular opinion. There are a lot of popular opinions floating around in the church today that those who are not strong in the Lord, in the Word, are following after, like the Pied Piper. They pipe the music and everybody dances and everybody is being led right off the cliff without knowing it. So it is our time to shine. Now, I want to give you the other part, the part that I want us to know. See, that impressed me. Change my heart, O oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, O oh God. May I be like you. Do we really know what we're saying when we sing that song? May I be like you. He loves that song because he does want us to be like him. The greatest form of worship, even though we sing and worship God in our praises, the greatest form of worship is to live a holy life before God on a daily basis, on a minute-to-minute -minute basis. I want you to look at Genesis chapter 1. Now we're going way back. Genesis chapter 1. Because the body of Christ, the house of God, the church, has overlooked some very important things that God has sent to us. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. After God had everything in place, now he says in 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image, and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. That includes everything. 
animals, weather, weather happens on the earth. He says, and over all the earth. That's pretty awesome. To have dominion, that word means to rule and reign over. It means to bring into subjection. We don't really understand that. I was a bit angered by something that happened in my family recently. My brother and his wife, who are born-again, spirit-filled Christians, go to a big, lively church and love the Lord. My brother teaches in the church. My sister-in-law loves to work with the children. And they were taking a business trip because my sister-in-law owns an insurance agency and they were having some kind of a a business get-together in Bermuda. They were flying out of Houston and so went to spend the night with their daughter who lives nearby so they could get to the airport without having to drive all night because we're about three and a half hours away from the airport. Now, my brother is semi-retired from the bank that he's worked at for 30 years. He's been the president there and they gave him a truck really nice platinum edition of the Ford truck, beautiful truck. And they had all of their luggage in the back seat. They had all their luggage in there. Well, while they were eating, somebody broke into their truck. Now, they didn't even know the truck had been broken into. They didn't do any damage to the truck. I don't know how he locked it, but they didn't fool with any of that. They had one of those professional things that you just stick and remove the whole lock. Pulled the lock out of the door got in, took all their luggage, closed the door, put the lock back in. They didn't know anything was askew till they left the restaurant, drove straight from there to the airport, and got out to get their luggage. And my brother said, what did you do with the luggage? She said, what do you mean what did they do with the luggage? She said, there's no luggage in here. And that's how they discovered that they had been robbed. So my mother is telling me this, and it just really made me angry because, okay, so what did they do? They still had to catch their plane. They went to Walmart and bought a six-pack of underwear and a cheap suitcase, and off to Bermuda they went. They had to buy everything that they needed. I mean, they had after five clothes. They had, my brother said, all total, probably about $5,000. Her state form uh, computer was in there with everybody's stuff, and I'm one of her customers. <laughs> so all of our information, where you live, everything is on there. I mean, it's like a, a yellow pages for the thief. But anyway... So when I heard about that, I told my mother and later my brother, I said, you know, Mama, there is no excuse as from a believer's standpoint. A child of God, a Christian, and I'm not saying things won't happen to us, but when you learn something, you hear it and you don't do it. The other thing James says is when you're a hearer only, you deceive yourself. You hear a good message, you receive it, you celebrate it, you go out and live like you always did. And you don't appropriate the things that God is teaching, then you're at the mercy of the kingdom of darkness. So see, because God taught me a long time ago that I can employ the angels. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are they not all given to minister for those who shall receive salvation? That's us, y'all. That's us. So the angels are given. And I told my mother, How long would it have taken them to say, Okay, Lord, all our stuff is in here for this trip. I employ the mighty angels of God to come and stand around this truck so that no evil touches it. These are the things that we are going to have to begin to appropriate in this time. It's very powerful. Someone told me the other day that they had heard someone else say that they had a vision one time that they were getting dressed in the mirror behind they could see these angels leaning against the wall. And she said, 
what are y'all doing? And they said, nothing. We're bored because y'all don't give us anything to do. Because if we could see, let me tell you, if we could see in the spirit realm, there'd be some powerful prayer going out from the saints of God. Because if you walk out in that world and you see the demons that are in people, it was never meant to be like that. And he has given us all we need for life and godliness. Life and godliness. Okay. James 1. God gave it to me. I better use it. James 1, 22 through 25. That is what I said, but I'm going to read it out of the Word. James 1, 22. But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the Word, and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a mirror. For he beholds himself, and goes his way, and immediately forgets what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continues in it, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. That's a wonderful thing. But to be a doer of it, and not... The doing is the real test. That's where the judgment comes in. If I hear it, and I don't do it, I judge that it's not true. And that judgment is in the house of God. It must begin in the house of God. Because after all, we're the believers. Not only that, we will be judged by how we judge his word. That's our judgment. That's strong. Look at John, John chapter 1. See, sometimes we read the word and, and we're not really reading the word. We're doing something with our eyes, but it's not getting here or here. It's, uh, sometimes it becomes a ritual. I'm going to start with verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without, without Him was not anything made that was made. That's a pretty profound statement right there. Everything that was made, He made from things that didn't even exist. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and darkness overcame it not. Now, that's why we need to let our light so shine. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighted every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. That's so sad. That would almost be like you going to a family reunion, and everybody just walked around and didn't even acknowledge your presence. Verse 12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. To them that believe on his name who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of Him and cried, saying, This was He of whom I spoke. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, and He was before me. And of His fullness have all we received and grace for grace. See, we didn't just get a little piece of Jesus. We got the full, grown, glorified man of God. God in the flesh. That's who we have in us. He wants us to be aware of that. 
because it's going to be important. It's important now, but it's going to be even more important in the days to come. Let's look at Romans 8, Romans 8, verse 8. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. See, now we're a spirit man. When we were born again, our spirit man was birthed. Now we're two in one. I am called of the flesh woman, but I am also called of the spirit woman, whom the full-grown man of Jesus resides. He doesn't just have a little part of my heart. He lives in me, lives in you. That's important to know. So now we are not only a flesh man walking around, but we are a spirit man walking around. And believe me, the demons see Jesus in you. They see. They tremble. We don't even know what they're trembling at. Lots of times we don't even acknowledge that there are such entities that we have to deal with. And it's not the person. That's what I love about deliverance. You can separate the demon from the person. That's how God can love us unconditionally. He separates our junk from who we are. And he loves us unconditionally. Love the person. Hate their demon. So now we are this spirit. If so be, in verse 9, that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of God, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So we possess this life force in us. In verse 11, But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. So see, death was working in us until we met Jesus. So there were things that were dying in us continually until we were born again. Now that spirit of life, the resurrection life of Jesus Christ is in us and it will even give life to those things that died. Resurrection life. That's why it says your youth is renewed as the eagle. It's an ongoing thing. It's like fire, like lightning. It energizes. It empowers. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, we shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. So we should be mortifying the deeds of our body, the ones that don't please Him. You know what mortify means? It means to make as dead. It means like amputated, those things that... Do not please him. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, being led by the Spirit. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with, that we may also be glorified together. So there's going to be some suffering. Things that grieve you is a, is a suffering. There were lots of things that grieved Jesus. He wanted to do many mighty miracles for his family in his own hometown but couldn't because of their unbelief. That was grief to him. It grieves me too when there are those who will not receive. So we are joint heirs with Christ. You know what a joint heir is? Equal partners. Equal partners. 
For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. See, we, we carry the glory, and it needs to be revealed. Let your light so shine. Let Jesus Christ live and move and have your being. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, a vessel for him to continue to do his works through. Can you imagine if that revelation had begun in the early church and continued unto this day, what the world would look like? Better yet, what the church would look like, what the bride would look like. The glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now, you know, the other day I decided to look that word up. Creature. In mine, a reference says creature, but they put in there creation, which changes things quite a bit. So I look up the word creature. The word creature is through the idea of proprietorship of the manufacturer, as in the owner, the creator. So you could put God in that place. The originator, the one who creates or produces. That's what the word creation means, or the word creature. So let's read it with that. For the earnest expectation of God. That changed that scripture a whole lot for me. God is the one who has the earnest expectation. He has been earnestly expecting for his vessels to allow the glory to manifest now. Then it says, for the creation, now they've changed creature to creation, and that makes sense because... For the creation was made subject to vanity, not willing, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Now, it was there that I got the revelation. You know, we knew Adam and Eve sinned, and so sin is in all the world. So we all were born sinners, separated from God. That's why we need a Savior. Doesn't matter how good you are. I don't care if you've never sinned a day in your life. You were born in sin. King David said, I was born in sin. Everyone who was born after Adam and Eve fell was born in sin. And I don't care how good you are. Good is not the requirement. Righteousness is. And apart from Jesus Christ, there is no righteousness. So I learned in this scripture that even the creation is waiting to be saved. Even the dirt was cursed. The, everything that we see has been corrupted. And it's waiting to be saved. Brought out of that bondage into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Until now. See, it, it, that should have been over with a long time ago. But we're still in that place where we haven't fully understood that. You know that tornado that happened that wiped out that city and killed all those people? They groaned. But do you think that the earth was not groaning? The tornado, and I listen, I'm not a tree hugger. I'm not worshiping the creation more than the creator. I'm making a point that even the earth is waiting for the sons of God to begin to operate in what he has given us. There were trees that were pulled up by their roots. And the ones that were left standing were stripped of every leaf. It's groaning. The earth is groaning. He gave us dominion over all the earth. 
weather happens in the air. Those fires right now that are, they had to, I don't know where they are, is it Arizona, New Mexico, they had to close down a nuclear plant because of these fires. I'm going to tell you about one that I realized after God showed me this. A friend of mine whose parents lived in a trailer had a butane tank that was about as close as that first row of chairs to their trailer. And they had a fire and the fire was moving toward the trailer. And she, naturally, was in a panic. Because if that fire got to that butane tank and that thing exploded, it would have been bad. So she called me. I was at the office with my husband, and she's in a panic. I could hardly understand what she was saying. There's a fire. There's a fire. And it's this close to the house. And it's where it's already burning the paint off the tank. And I didn't even know how to pray. How do you pray for something like that? But out of my mouth, I said, Lord, I take dominion right now over the winds around that fire. I speak to the wind to change directions and burn back on itself and extinguish itself. God said, and it shall be. So she called me over there later that day and showed me the fire line. This is when I called you. It didn't go any closer. I'm not bragging on myself. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. Jesus did that. Spoke to the storm. Healed the sick. Raised the dead. Cleansed the lepers. Cast out demons. If he's in us, don't you think he's still wanting to do those things? Yes. But we have heard and not really been doers of the word. Some of the word we've been doers of, but he's still waiting for the manifestation yes. of his children, the children of light. 22, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. See, when Paul said those things to the Romans, they had picked it up. There wouldn't be as much groaning. Down where I live, I was traveling to Houston the other day, and every so often there's these big signs over the highway. Hurricane season is here. Be prepared. We've had a drought. Every church I passed, Pray for rain. Why don't we take dominion over the elements? I did this at our house. I told you, sometimes my family thinks I'm a little crazy, but I think I can do that. Well, it rained. It rained. Just for a little while one day, wanted to catch a fish. I was throwing my bait and, you know, tugging it like you're supposed to make that worm dance and all this stuff. But I, I caught myself. Man, I wanted to catch a fish so bad, and not one that you have to throw back. I want to keep her. If I'm going to fish, I want a good fish. So Mike and I were in the boat. He really, he thinks I'm a little nutty. But my kids were standing on the dock, and it hit me, and I said, I take dominion over the fish in this lake. Fish, I command you to bite my hook. I got a hit just like that. Do I think that God or Jesus thinks I'm arrogant to do that? No, I don't. He gave us that. He gave us that. Why would we not use it? That's like having a big old lawnmower, a nice one, a wide thing, and trying to cut the grass with a pair of scissors yourself under your own strength. I know it's not me, but I am fully persuaded that what he says is true. And I'm not ashamed to use it. I don't feel like I'm trying to take God's glory. He said his glory is going to be in us. He is the glory. He is the light. He is the power. He is all of that. The manifestation means the appearing of, the uncovering, the unveiling, the revealing. The dictionary says it's a public demonstration of power and purpose. He's given us power and he's given us purpose. And the manifestation of that is a public display. Okay? Okay, Romans over a little bit further down in verse 29. Speaking of believers and of Jesus, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate 
to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren many brethren the firstborn see we get born of him and now we're the second third fourth fifth the equal partners with him the time is now to be conformed to the image of his son a representative figure Webster a reproduction or imitation of the form of a person or a thing likeness means to be like Webster the quality or state of being like like Jesus I should have looked up the scripture I don't know where it is but it says Jesus didn't think that it was robbery to make himself equal and we shouldn't either you don't have to steal something that was given to you and he has given us that but anyway this is what he wants us to know today we are his sons if we are led by the spirit that should be a real strong prayer Lord let me be led by your spirit I present my body a living sacrifice when I realize that he took my place on the cross his body is in heaven with with his father God and he now needs a body on the earth he had to go so that he could send that same power to every one of us that he walked the earth with so that we could carry on his works establishing the kingdom in the earth he's going to come back to rule and reign over a kingdom that's what we should be establishing is his kingdom here i found that very exciting if we can teach the next generation sometimes i try to share this with the older generation they don't quite get it my husband said why do you think they can't get it it's not that hard to understand i said well you know they're old and they're tired and they've made it this far with what they've got and they're okay with that otherwise i think they would grasp it and use it but the next generation our next generation we can teach them these things if we can teach them that if you are are some place and and you're you have things you can stand the angels of god around it to protect it to keep the kingdom of darkness from having it satan is a thief his purpose is to kill steal and destroy jesus is all about life and life more abundantly life having your stuff ripped off is not life and i'm not even you know talking about stuff I could care less about stuff now. I I wouldn't part with this. My relationship with God, my faith in Jesus Christ and what he has given me, he has equipped me to overcome no matter what. And as time goes on and the world gets crazier and crazier, the children of God and even the world, I believe, because the demons can see Jesus in you. and I believe they're going to start putting a demand on the Jesus in you. I shared this with one of my Bible study groups recently, and the very next day I was meeting a friend at the Chinese food restaurant to eat with her and she was working and so as soon as she ate, she had to leave and I said, "Go ahead, I'll take care of all the rest of it." So, went back to the table to put a tip, and when I was coming back to leave, I had noticed them before, but they're at the table nearest the door. were two women and a man in a wheelchair and i was just you know on my way out and i i, I don't even know how that man grabbed me it was almost supernatural like his arm just stretched because all of a sudden he had me by the forearm he had apprehended me i looked at him and said do i know you i didn't know him it was a shock to me you know i'm used to that in our church setting but not in the world not by a total stranger 
just apprehending me and I'm trying to figure out who these people are. Do, they, do I know these people? But the whole while, the woman says, well, honey, do you work in a medical facility? I said, no, ma'am. Do you work in, in, a, in a nursing home? I said, no, ma'am, I don't work. Well, I do, but it's not for an employer. I mean, he's my employer. I tell my grandbaby, I work for God. Granny works for God. <laughs> she knows that. So the, the woman is talking to me, but the whole while, the man is he's trying to put my hand on top of his head. That was the strangest thing I had ever experienced. And so my flesh woman is talking to the ladies. I guess it was either his wife and his daughter or his daughter and her daughter. But I knew, you know, it was almost like, if I didn't know better, this man wants me to pray for him. And so I said to the lady, would you mind if I pray for him? And she said, oh, no, no, not at all. I said, what's the matter with him? She said, well, he had a stroke. Can't talk. But don't you know that he's in there wanting to get out, but that demon has him in a prison? I said, well, I'm just going to pray for you. I, my hand was on his head. He wouldn't let my hand go. And I just, I, I bound and broke the power of the spirit of death. And I bind and break the power of strokes. I speak to your mind. I just went into my mode. And when I got done, I said, Amen. He let go of my hand. And I said, Thank you, and left. And I thought, I got in the car, and I thought, Wow, that was so weird for him to just grab me. But I thought it was interesting that I had just told the ladies the night before that people are going to start seeing the Jesus in you and putting a demand on the Jesus in you. So don't hold back. Don't hold back. Let Jesus do his thing. Now, I don't know if the man got any bad. That's none of my business. I did what I was supposed to do. And Mike said, you did that right there in the middle of China Inn? That's where he grabbed me. Where else was I going to do it? That's where he was. <laughs> but I'm telling you, we are entering those times. And Jesus in us is their solution many times and so what a better way than to realize who we are in Christ Christ in us and to just let him have his way what Jane said I thought oh, well there it is I, I could have said we're all dismissed we're out early today because that's the message let him have his way let us get out of the way let our flesh get out of the way. I believe that's what Paul said. I put my body under subjection. I say it like this now. Lord, today I put my flesh man down. I put it under subjection to the spirit man in me. Do what you want to do. So, Father, with that, we thank you for your word. Father, I pray that, that it will never be the same again as we read your word. Not as tradition. Not as a ceremony or even something that we promised ourselves or an oath we made to you but Lord to really see what you're saying to us in your word and not to be hearers only but also to be doers of your word I just release the spirit of truth power might counsel everything that Jesus is in us words of wisdom words of knowledge faith, the gift of healings, the working of miracles, tongues and interpretation of tongues, prophecy and the discerning of spirits, that your kingdom be established, that when you come back there will be a kingdom for you to rule and reign over and we as your willing subjects can live eternally together. 
I praise you, Lord. I thank you. Let us be like Elisha. When Elijah dropped that mantle, he didn't waste any time. He grabbed it, ran over to the Jordan, and whacked it and said, Where is the God of Elijah? And it split open, and they passed over on dry ground. Was he being a show-off? No. Was Joshua, when he stood, it says, in the midst of Israel and said, Son, stand thou still in the moon. And it happened. It happened. They weren't afraid to do those things that, that God told them. They received it. As many as received, gave he them. Them, those who received the power to become the sons of God. That's us. So, Lord, let us not judge you wrongly. Let us judge you, your word to be true, you to be true, and you to be true to your word. Let us be the same. In Jesus' name, amen.